0: Welcome to Shaken or Stirred. My name is Megan Schroeder, the host of this podcast. I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram at Shaken or Stirred Podcast. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes. This week, we're hearing from Michaela Brewster, who is black and white and grew up in Northern California. We had a great conversation, a lot of connections, and had a really good time. So I hope you enjoy listening so sit back relax and enjoy
1: hi i'm michaela brewster i grew up in the bay area of california in palo alto um i'm mixed race i'm i'm half black and half white um my mom is white and um we have a lot of norwegian blood in us and then um my dad um is black and we're kind of from like the islands like virgin islands barbados okay. that kind of so yeah so um I grew up mostly around um, non-black people. Um, my school was uh, pretty white, and then I ha- um, there were a good amount of Asian people too. But I didn't really um, have too much of um, kind of my my black side um, tapped into until kind of um, I was older and and kind of got to experience other other parts of myself. So, yeah, so that's, that's how I grew up.
0: yeah so um when did you realize or like yeah was there a point in time when you realized that you were a little bit different or maybe your family unit was different than um other people's
1: yeah so I think I realized that when it was in elementary school and I'm I'm not sure I don't really have an exact memory of (laughs) like when this happened um it probably happened more than once and um yeah, but just people not knowing who my mom was when I was with mm-hmm. her. Um, mm-hmm. it was almost like my family unit didn't make sense to the outside eye unless they saw me and my mom and my dad or me and my dad. Right. But a lot of questions are just like, Is that your mom? Or um I imagine that there were questions of is she adopted if they just mm-hmm. saw me with my mom. And so kind of feeling um, I just remember when I realized that just kind of feeling like I needed to make a statement or something like yeah. to, to announce and right. make sure everyone <laughs> knew that this yeah. is my mom, yeah. which is a weird thing to have to do, um, to someone who obviously, you know, means the world to you and, right. and is a part of your life to have to like <laughs> express and explain yeah. um, who, who this person is. And then, um, yeah, in middle school, it was, a, and high school and. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot more of, like, being called an Oreo, um, not, you know, being called not black, just because of the way that, I guess, I acted, or Mm -hmm. um, spoke, or whatever, and so I kind of, and it, they were jokes, and I, I involved myself in the jokes, too, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I, I think one way I've realized I kind of coped with a lot of the stuff that now I'm (laughs) starting to process through, um, was just, like, either making the joke first, or, or being okay with the jokes, Um, so, yeah, it it was a lot of that, and just kind of pushing away the black side of myself, because no one saw that in me, and I couldn't really see that in me, but then it was also so weird, because, like, obviously, not obviously but it's a podcast but when you look at me I I I look black like you can tell and so it's this weird dynamic where like the inside of me felt and the the inside of me that people were telling me like how that was being portrayed didn't match up with the way that they thought I should be
0: based off of how I looked if that makes sense right no no that definitely makes sense yeah um when when you were experiencing like, you know, the jokes and just, you know, a lot of people making comments, um, and going along with it, were you able to, or did you speak with your parents about it ever? Um,
1: we didn't really talk about it. We we've talked about it actually kind of recently, Mm -hmm. um, especially with all the conversations going around now about race. Um, and so they've, they've expressed that, um, before they got married and, um, and everything they talked about Having interracial kids and like what would that mean, yeah. and like you know I I, I I it's weird thinking about it now, having them have to think about that, but like right. yeah, like wondering what our experience would be like like would would we have trouble with our identities mm-hmm. would we um- you know what would we be going through going through the world like that and um in their time, obviously there were even less <laughs> people right. yeah. um who were who were mixed race so um that was, I know that was a conversation that they had, um, we didn't really talk about it too much growing up, um, but we've talked about it now, um, a bit more in in retrospect, but, right, yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. well, it's interesting that, you know, it was a, well, it had to be a thought, you know, for them, um, because Mm -hmm. they were creating a reality for you, and, um, you have siblings, I do, yeah. I have uh, a brother and a sister, and then I have two older half-sisters. Okay, nice. Um, so yeah, they're, like, essentially creating a new reality for, the, you know, the people that they were going to raise, so that's a right. very interesting thing that they had, you know, to yeah, And they, they also talked about how they, um, they thought
1: about, like, where we were being raised, mm-hmm. and, you know, the 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 people that we were going to be surrounded by. So they were very thoughtful in all of that and have kind of asked us now like <laughs> do we make the right decision right. Did did your can- life turn out? <laughs> right? <laughs> Not yeah. that, you know, we could change anything if it was a d- disaster but um yeah, I mean ultimately I am I'm, I'm happy <laughs> they decided to have us and yeah. um you know all of that but uh it's it's interesting hearing them having to think about that and um I'm sure those are things that people think about now but also like you know, also maybe something people don't think about. And, um, I don't know, I, I think thinking about it is good. And also I, I'd love a world where we don't have to think about that and yeah. where that's mm-hmm. not going to be a thing. So. Right.
0: Yeah. So, um, can you speak about some things that see- are like difficulties about being biracial? And then also on the flip side, things that are blessings or, or good about being biracial mm-hmm. for you?
1: Um, the biggest the biggest difficulty was my hair. My mm-hmm. goodness. Um mm-hmm. I so my mom never needed to know how to <laughs> yeah. do black hair. So that was new for her. And my dad, um, he, you know, didn't have to deal with his hair right. too much, he's just cutting it short and um didn't have any siblings, so it's not like he had a sister where he kind mm-hmm. of was um exposed to that. So it was definitely a lot of trial and error with that. Yeah. Um and you know, I, I wanted I wanted hair that looked like other people's. I wanted hair. I remember, like, wanted hair that like blew in the wind, and like mine didn't. And I was like, it was just so stiff, and yeah. like, because we didn't know what we were doing with it. And so, um, yeah, I, I I went through, like, we straightened it, we we permed it, we put it in braids, we tried all these different things. Um, I, there were times when me and my mom would be out, like, walking around somewhere. And we would see someone who had hair that I really liked mm-hmm. and we would go up to them and we'd be like, hi, I'm sorry to bother you, but like, what do you do to your hair? What products right. do you use? Um, and it's so funny that happened to, that's happened to me a couple of times now. And I have yeah. kind of figured it out where people have come up to me and a lot of the times, like I've seen the, um like, the makeup of the family, and it's yeah. it's typically, a like, a, a little mixed girl and, and um, a, a white mom, and mm-hmm. it, it's really nice <laughs> to, to be right. able to pass that along and kind yeah. of feel full circle. Yeah, because um, yeah, that was such a big thing for me, and my hair was a really big um, insecurity, but now it's one of my favorite things about myself, and yeah. um, it was, like, probably sophomore year of college when i went to a hairdresser who like taught me how to do it the way i do it now and um yeah but that that was definitely a big obstacle um, and yeah. and another difficulty i think this has come up a lot more inside of me now with um all of the black lives matter movement you know the focus on that yeah. and so i've been doing a lot of reflecting and thinking um, more about my experiences and things that i you know, kind of like the jokes that I was talking about earlier, where I kind of brushed that under the rug and um, took that at, at face level, but to dive back in and rehash some things has been bringing up some new realizations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I still have a lot more white people in my life. Yeah. And so I, when all this started happening, I was kind of the a person where a lot of people turned to me and wanted to hear my opinions on things or wanted to check in and see if I was okay and all this stuff, which was was good. And I, I'm, I'm glad that they wanted to be involved in the conversations. But um, I was going through my own turmoil right. with, right. Um, you know, feeling like I had to be this spokesperson for mm-hmm. a culture, a community that I don't even know where I fall in right because I'm somewhere in the middle and because my whole life I've been like kind of pushed to the white side of it. Right. And so to all of a sudden have the focus turned on me and to like be this representative just was very confusing. And I even felt learning right now about um about you know, the, the injustices right. that are going on that I didn't even know about, and so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and even at work, it's, like, sometimes, you know, I'm the sounding board, um, <laughs> you know, it, working in social media, obviously, we have to be sensitive about things, and um, so even, even before all of this, um, you know, feeling like I needed to, uh, yeah, like, speak up and, uh, decide if something was okay or not okay for something that I couldn't even fully, (laughs) like, process through or, um, have experienced, um, just because I, I present as, as, as full Black or, or, Mm -hmm. or more Black, whatever, um, I just, I have felt uncomfortable and not really knowing what to say, so, um, yeah, so those those are some of the difficulties, but yeah. blessings and good things. I mean, I I I love being mixed race. I I mm-hmm. kind of see it as like the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I feel like there's like more to relate with people. I don't know, like I yeah. I have I have um things that I understand and have experienced from both sides of things, and so I feel like I can enter any room and feel more comfortable um it's not really something I think for a while I I don't know it's like my my race was obviously a part of my identity but not maybe as much as other people it wasn't just something on my mind and so I don't know being this internally ambiguous feeling person um kind of has made me feel like I can walk into um, any space and and just kind of relate in in different ways to different people
0: yeah yeah no I feel that because I feel like as people who are biracial we we find ourselves having to figure out how to fit in the spaces you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah and so when you when you go into a space you would are able to adapt quickly so it's something we've been doing our, since we've been born right um, totally But so yeah, I definitely get that. And I definitely want to say also that I understand and um, yeah, connect with the whole like, feeling like you're a sounding board, Mm -hmm. uh, especially during this time. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like you need to speak for both sides or bridge both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very scary. I, I also grew up similarly to you in a white a wider space well a white very white space (laughs) not white
2: (laughs) um and
0: yeah I didn't I didn't have experience with black culture or black people um until APU so you know being looked at you know obviously as black but not necessarily having the experience quote-unquote you know of being black or in a black community is very intimidating and and kind of um I think for me personally it makes me feel um, sometimes like inadequate as like a yeah. black person. Yes. Yes, um, totally. Yeah. So I, yeah, I get that. Uh,
1: yeah. I, for a while, I, and I, I don't want to say, well, no, I, I did. I, I felt uncomfortable in black spaces because mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't mm-hmm. fully a part of it. Yeah. Um And, and white spaces is where I was used to. And so <laughs> for a while I, I was like, why do I feel more comfortable in this yeah in this space where I don't visually fit in mm-hmm. um but it, it yeah it's just kind of a matter of what we've grown up with and and all of that yeah
0: yeah no dude I remember for sure when I went to BSA at APU for like one of the mm-hmm. first times it was I was literally scared you know <laughs> like I literally was like they're gonna find out like they're gonna right. find out that I don't know Like you know, like just this whole like fear of um, looking the part, but not like being able to fit the part. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This is a very vivid memory for me.
1: (laughs) I know. I was like, if we talk about hair, I can I can stay afloat in conversation. (laughs) If we start to move other directions, like I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be learning a lot, and I that I haven't experienced. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then I I do love when I then am with other mixed race people because (laughs) that's when I kind of get a glimpse into what it must feel like for people to be in communities where you know they're fully understood yeah and so to like even as I was like answering your questions I was kind of like oh I don't know if like this is the right thing to say or I don't yeah. know this is how I feel but I don't know I've <laughs> I, I've never said this and had
2: mm-hmm. someone
1: else be mm-hmm. like oh my gosh yes I feel the exact same way so it's kind yeah. of scary but then it's nice when you're with other people who have similar experiences where they can be like, no, that's not, that's just what we, yeah,
0: what we it's normal, yeah, left there, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's, I'm glad, I'm glad that, um, yeah, you feel comfortable, because, yeah, I feel like most of the people I've spoken to so far for the podcast, you know, I, I can relate, you know, to everything mm-hmm. they say, cause I'm like, yeah, finally, like, <laughs> gets it, you know,
2: yeah, um, totally. so I'm
0: glad about that, um, so, I like to ask this question. So, what are some things, I guess, just within your family unit on your dad's side and your mom's side that are really awesome? Maybe it's food, maybe it's just traditions that you do that, like, you want other people to know about. Ooh, okay. So, every Christmas, um, this is my, my Norwegian side, we have
1: lefsa, um, and it's this, like, Almost like a crepe, but made from potatoes. Okay. And um, it's super thin, and we like heat it up, and then put like sugar and mm. um and butter, mm. <laughs> into, which that is like nice. <laughs> yes, you can't go wrong. Um, and like roll it up and eat it, and it's so good. My my grandma, um, Pam, she like drives down to San Diego in like November every year to like this one family member who has um like a lefsa I don't know like machine or maker I don't know (laughs) so they they like are there for a weekend or something and just like churn out enough (laughs) lefsa for all of the family to to, like take home and have during Christmas so that's like one of one of the um yeah one of my favorite desserts
0: that we that we have that yeah. uh yeah it's a,
1: a part of my culture.
0: That's awesome. I have not heard of that. I don't know much about Norwegian culture. I really like that.
1: Yeah, I I mean I actually something that I really want to do um is like go to Norway with mm-hmm. my siblings and cousins. Um my mom and her sister did that a while back because we can actually like trace back um like there's a town called Svarstad and my mom's maiden name is Svalstad and so uh-huh. that they like you know, some great group, whatever, grandpa came over from Norway, um, and then changed his last name to be the town, so, um, we could, like, find the people who live there, and, um, my mom did that, and they, like, yeah, took, like, a week off of work, and, like, showed them around, and, like, threw them a party, and, like, did all this stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing, so I want to do that, and then, um, I also just listened to a podcast called, um, while Black, my sister sent it to me, and uh-huh. um, there was this one episode where they interviewed um, the founder of My Black Ancestry, okay. and she talked about how she has spent, like, the last, I don't know how many years, tracking down and mapping out her ancestry, uh-huh. which is very difficult once you yeah. get back a certain, a certain ways, because, um, you know, once you get to the ancestors who are enslaved, right. um, there's, there are no records, or there are fewer records, mm-hmm. or they are, like, property records, which right. are, are separate, so, um, that was interesting to hear about her journey, and my sister was, like, when I graduate, I want to, like, go and do this, so, um, yes. in, in, let's see, we will be in, like, three years, we'll see, we'll see <laughs> if we go out on this adventure and go and figure it out, but, yeah, I, I think ancestry mm-hmm. it's something I haven't thought about very much, yeah. but, um, I've heard a lot of it recently in conversations and it's been, um, you know, in, in the black space that I've been in recently yeah. where I've been hearing people talking about the importance of ancestors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been really cool and something that I've, I've literally never thought about. I don't really feel any ties to ancestors right. or anything, but um, yeah, they're, they're, they talk about how much um, power and strength okay. they feel coming from, from knowing those people and their yeah. stories, yeah. and so I've I've recently been excited by by that idea.
0: Yes, no, I agree too. I recently, well, I found my biological father um by using ancestry.com. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So that's how I ended up um getting connected with him, and he his mom. So my grandma is still alive. She's old I believe like in her 90s possibly but yeah I was telling my boyfriend like I really want to go see her you know and like talk to her and like you know because she she has some living history that you know could possibly be lost if um we don't keep record of it so yeah that's that's something that I've been thinking about uh recently as well um but you're right it's so much work like (laughs) (laughs) like it's so much work um, when I first got on the ancestry site, it's like, you know, it connects you with, like, third cousins and fifth cousins and, like, all these people, you <laughs> know, like, okay, well, I don't really know how I'm related to you, though, you know, like, it was, it was really hard. Um, the only thing yeah. I found my biological dad was because I got connected to a first cousin who, like, actually knew him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. That's, that's, that's like, oh, a whole other episode, of yeah. am sure I'm just yes, about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But yeah, I definitely um, want to do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I think one of my last questions is, what's one thing you would want others to know about being biracial?
1: Um, I think I I want people to know that it's not like one way or the other. It's not picking a side. It's not... Um, or even like setting percentages to side. Like I feel like it's just this kind of more fluid experience through yeah. different cultures. Yeah. Um, I think that I for a long time kind of tried to fit myself into a box, whether that was like, okay, I feel you know, 75% this and 25% this or 50 50 or whatever. Um that I don't think that's reflective actually of of who I am and there are so many you know little things where it's not it's not one or the other it's it's this mixture and you know that's what we are and so um yeah I I think just knowing that um there's there's also like diversity within biracial like people even like a, a half black half white person we'll have a completely different experience from another. And so it's, it's just like all of life, <laughs> a matter of, you know, knowing a person for who they are and their experiences and, you know, all the depth that comes to, with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And it, it, like I said earlier, it, like it almost feels like its own third identity. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to, to try to fit into one box is, is not, not helpful and not something and, and and not even i don't know i, I think it should be celebrated that yeah. that we're we're mixed we're um you know this kind of like i said best of both worlds like i i really do i love being biracial i think that it's great there's a lot of things that have come up recently that um i realized we need to work through and that were challenges that i hadn't really um like dove in deep into the yeah, the yeah. uh mm-hmm. the roots of that but overall it's like um yeah I, I think it's a really beautiful thing and um and yeah to if, <laughs> if I could go back to my parents when they were like you mm-hmm. know wondering how things mm-hmm. were going to turn out like I I think um you know it all turned out great <laughs> I love my life <laughs> um and
0: yeah
1: it's, it's something to be celebrated
0: yeah that's awesome yeah I agree for sure. Um yeah and i think as as people who are biracial that's something like what you're talking about trying to be fluid about it and not just fitting in boxes it's something we have to like learn you know yeah it's yeah and unlearn society yeah. is going to teach us or you know like mm-hmm. as much as your parents try it's not something they can necessarily you know like um 100% foster um mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely right connect with that for sure. Yeah, like they,
1: there are plenty of things that I can talk to them about and they have experienced it firsthand and I can get their advice, but they do not know what being biracial is like. And so it's kind of like we, the the first generations of of mixed Mm -hmm. race, people kind of have to, um, yeah, figure that out and, um, you know, learn from each other, go from there and, and educate. Other people as we continue your yeah. life,
0: yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to share? A story? Anything to plug before we wrap up? Oh, um, <laughs> no, I don't know. This is just really cool. I, I,
1: I've, I've been on a podcast where I was talking about kind of um, my black side, and mm-hmm. um, it, it was cool, and I, I loved being able to talk about that. But it kind of feels like. I can't talk about my black side without talking about my white side, and I can't right. talk about my white side without <laughs> talking about my black side. So, yeah. um, no, I'm I'm just I'm I'm honored that you asked me to to be a part of it. It was it's really cool. Number one, to be a part of it. Number two, to even just get to talk to someone else about these kinds of things. So yeah, thank you so much. Of
0: course, yeah, and yeah, I'm gonna keep it going. It's you know just getting people gathered and figuring out who would want to be interested. So if there's anyone you know, go ahead and shoot them my way. Yeah, totally. Um, But yeah, I'm glad that you were here and that um, you enjoyed it. And I'm always here if you ever want to talk. And yeah, I just really appreciate you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. All right, Michaela. Have a good day. Okay, you too. Bye.